0: Bring our attention to something. I don't know. What a strange start! <laughs> um, and it's something that I feel. Maybe it's just me, but I feel it's in the air of the You know, not not in the air of the church, but in the air of like wider society. So um, it's something that Jesus talks about in the Sermon on the Mount, which is obviously something that we've been going through as a church. So. Um, I thought, yeah, let's just spend a little bit of time looking at it. So this is in Matthew 5, verse 20. And uh, this is what Jesus says. He says, You have heard that it was said to people long ago, You shall not murder, and anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you that anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment. Again, anyone who says to a brother or sister, Raka, is answerable to the court. And anyone who says, You fool, will be in danger of the fire of hell. So it's pretty serious, strong words in there. Um, so this is something that um, is probably not new to many of you. This is something that Tony spoke about uh, back in January when we were looking through this passage. And... Um, but there's, there's a little Tony covered so much in that talk, and I just want to focus in on one small, small thing here, which is about contempt. Um, so philosopher, there's a philosopher called Dallas Willard. Has anyone heard of him? Dallas Willard is a writer. Oh, got some nods, nice. Uh, he's great. Um, but yeah, he, he suggests that with the Sermon on the Mount, like any talk, the order that it comes in is part of the message. So in the same way that I present talks, the order that I'm presenting the information to you is important and when when we sort of break up the Sermon on the Mount into all these verses, it's very easy just to sort of pick out the little bits and it's so dense as well in terms of what Jesus is teaching us. It's easy just to take one thing at a time and think, oh, give me a month to think about that, right? But he says, yeah, the order is important. And and he argues that each part is actually a stage in a progression towards divine love. That's what Dallas Willard says. And so in this part in particular that we just read, he says that Jesus is showing us that merely following the rule, so the rule was you shall not murder, He's saying, merely following the rule is not enough to transform the heart. You can be full of anger and resentment and all sorts of hatred and still not murder, can't you? (laughs) You could restrain yourself from that but still have a life full of anger and resentment, which is not what it's like to be in the kingdom of heaven. It's hard to imagine a soul in heaven that's worrying about you know, all bitterness and anger and all sorts of hatred and things like this. And Jesus is pointing us to this and saying, these things don't go do together. Following the rule is not enough to transform the heart. So he Dallas Willard, like, he points out that the first thing in the order of this list of sort of human dysfunctions or things that we get wrong his first anger so he talks about but i tell you that anyone who is angry with a brother or sister and then he moves on to this next part where jesus says anyone who says to a brother or sister Rakha, is answerable to the court so what does that mean it's a it's an aramaic word um, and this is what dallas willard says about it he says um this term was current in Jesus' day to express contempt for someone and to mark them out as contemptible. It may have originated, he says, from the sound you make when you're collecting spit in your mouth. You know, that like, that, that sound. It's horrible, isn't it? It's, it suggests, you know, I have contempt for you. Whoa, that's a strong image, isn't it? And so he argues, no, when you're angry with someone, you might want to hurt them. But in contempt, when you have contempt for someone, you almost don't care whether you hurt them or not. And and when you have contempt for someone, you think they're not even worthy of consideration. We can be angry at someone, he says, without denying their worth. But contempt makes it easier for us to hurt someone else and see them further degraded. So it's not something we often talk about, is it? Contempt. It's not something I've really thought about much before. But Jesus is putting it up there in this list quite high. And so this is what I found really interesting about what Mr Willard teaches. He pointed this out to me, so I've been thinking about it. And I wonder how many horrible things in human history, how many of the horrible things we've done to each other, would have been prevented if those in power would have learned to keep the door of contempt closed. So I wonder, I want to ask everyone this, what does does it feel like when someone has contempt for you? Um, I mean this, it's not a rhetorical question. What does that feel like? Does anyone have any thoughts? No respect. Mm. No respect. Yeah. Loathe. They loathe you. They loathe you, yeah. I feel worthless. feel worthless, yeah. Yeah, who wants to feel worthless, eh? No one. And how do we treat people when we feel contempt for them? What sorts of things might we do when we're angry at someone? Ignore them. Ignore them. Sorry? Reject. Reject them. Yeah, push them away. Exclude them from the group. What does that, matter, Sorry? Kill them. Kill them. Yes. <laughs> Good point. This is not something contempt, although it's not something we talk about. Um, It could be argued that it's everywhere. It's everywhere we look. It's like in the background of every conversation, we're all scared of someone having contempt for us, for us being shunned. And so I think it's worth thinking about. And one of the most useful signs of contempt is um, to look in the language that we use. Seems like the first stage of us starting to show or demonstrate a contempt for someone is in our words. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder, you know, we all know what it's like to hate someone, to feel angry at them, like a brother or sister or anyone. We just immediately want to call them names, don't we? And look at you, young ones. You know what this is like? <laughs> someone does something to annoy you, you think, ah, yeah. Um And then when, when what kinds of names do we use? We use dehumanizing names we start calling people animals don't we? we say you dog you rat you filthy beast um, you pig all these things that we what we love to do with our language is we we dehumanize people we make them less than human mm-hmm. i'm getting quite a lot of ringing in my ears from this is it okay does it sound all right yeah okay it's all right. Um, and we don't do this with just individually, we do it with groups as well, don't we? When there's like a, a group in society that we don't like, we can just as easily use those sorts of animal language that, that puts them down. Um, you know, a really subtle one that's good to notice is like um, the word swarm. Like you could say there were a swarm of immigrants coming into the country. That swarm is an animal term isn't it and it's inherently scary swarm is coming towards you oh no um, and some of us you know we might remember the infamous phrase from hillary clinton a few years ago she said there's basket of deplorables uh and we know of um her opponents use of language don't we um yeah we love to turn people into monsters and what are monsters apart from these separate uh, dark, hidden away beasts that we don't like to have anything to do with? And that's what we're doing with our languages, trying to say to everyone, there's distance between us. I'm nothing like them, aren't I? <laughs> and in our political language, this is rife, and I want to... Implore everyone here today to take a vow with me to to never use any of these labels that take a group and refer to them derogatorily, mm, derogatorily, badly, <laughs> whatever, yeah. um, because they do not help anyone, um, and they these sorts of labels are all the more attractive to us when we feel like we are right and they are wrong. So what Jesus is pointing us to here is actually the preciousness of human beings. What is the opposite of contempt? Love. Uh, Love, yes. I think it's something like honour. The opposite of disrespect is surely honour, isn't it? Yes, you honour. And Jesus has this honour for each one of us. And he's pointing us to something different completely from just merely trying to not murder people. <laughs> he said, no, the kingdom heart, the heart that is in the kingdom of heaven is a heart that honours. Martin Luther King said, in your struggle for justice, let your oppressor know that you are not attempting to beat." To defeat or humiliate him, or even pay him back for injustices that he has heaped upon you. Let him know that you are merely seeking justice for him as well as yourself. What Martin Luther King knew, because he he was taught it by Jesus, is that anger and contempt are good for no one. It's not just bad the way we treat others, is that it's an awful and punishing way to be, to be full of contempt, for us. Mm -hmm. And to be filled with love, as Jan said, is the best there is. So Jesus is, is leaving us no platform at all for contempt. To go okay <laughs> he's saying no no contempt is not part of the kingdom heart the life of the kingdom of heaven which is available here and now cannot be enjoyed by someone who's full of contempt and let me tell you in the last um i'd say year or so i've watched from the sidelines as so many people that i respect and love as people who are well i respect and love them for their christ-likeness and i've watched as they have been given over to tribalism self-righteousness uh, contempt and unforgiveness it's so disappointing but i've also found a new set of heroes and they are people who from all tribes and backgrounds and places and everything, who just refuse to to condemn anyone based on simplistic categories. People whose compassion triumphs over their anger. People who do not judge on outward appearance, but look to the heart of each individual. And these are my role models at the moment. And I think in a world that's becoming so polarised by all these things which are not partly not not our fault, things like social media, fake news and just partisan politics, we can shine all the more brightly by insisting on the value of each individual and insisting on the includedness of each person in God's love. And refusing to exclude people from God's forgiveness and for fighting for the inherent dignity of each person we are made in the image of God we need to refuse simplistic labels that help us put people into boxes so we can ignore them We look to Jesus, we look to God. In our ignorance, did God cancel us? Were we mocked and shunned and shamed when we were outsiders and we didn't know the right way to be, when we didn't understand the rules? Were the requirements of entry perfect rule keeping? Did Did he divide the world into oppressor and oppressed and take sides? Did he lump us into categories based on our past behaviour and then be done? Or instead, were we welcome to the table to share in the bread of life? Were we covered in grace and honoured as if we still had something to bring? Were we invited to embrace and lean upon and rely on him? Did he ask us to earn our way into his family? Or humbly receive our way into this heavenly household. The truth is Jesus has a no excuse approach to contempt and it's still radical. The purity and the generosity of the kingdom heart that he's outlining in this this talk Still stands out in our time. It still stands out in our time when everyone loves to think of themselves as the most compassionate and the most inclusive and kind. And Jesus's vision of a whole human heart still has so much of it each one of us here today, including me every day. <laughs> so I wanted to spend some time praying uh, to take communion. I feel that communion is the way we remember this kingdom heart that like Jesus embodied for us. He welcomes us all to come and take it. And by sharing in the single loaf, you know, and the same cup as they say, we're all included. And so I, I want to take communion together now. And as we're doing it, I want to try something... I don't, know, I don't know how this is going to go. I think it will be all right. Hopefully it will. That's a very worrying thing to tell them all, isn't it? Sorry. <laughs> it will be fine. Um, but I wanted us to, as we remember Jesus... To also bring to mind those that we might feel contempt for. Maybe contempt is too strong a word for us to allow ourselves to believe that you know we feel, but maybe just those that we we like to kind of ignore, or those that we feel are our enemies. And um, yeah, so I'll pray. We'll start taking communion, and then I might just ask a couple of questions as we go, um, to get us to meditate on how different Jesus' heart is to ours sometimes. And how the way we have come to know he treats us sometimes doesn't align with how we feel towards others. So, that's what we're going to do. I think it's a great idea. (laughs) Uh, Right, Um, is there anyone here